and welcome to another episode of Her Business Radio. We are recapping the big night in Bendigo, Horn vs. Sarafa. Before we get started, I will remind our listeners that we still do have that promo code for everlast.com.au and that code is HBREverlast20 for 20% off all boxing-related apparel. All right, I'm joined by the classy one, Ben Damon. How are you? I'm very well, Mickey. Yeah, still coming to terms with what went down in Bendigo on Saturday night. What an historic night for Australian boxing. Uh, Michael Zarafa, first and foremost, the winner of that fight, a life-changing performance, uh, a brilliant performance, a dominant one as well, and uh, congratulations to him. He's uh, exceeded the expectations of plenty, but he's lived up to exactly what he predicted and what he promised that he would do, and he stopped Jeff Horn, who himself is a legend of Australian sport. So, uh yeah, phenomenal night of boxing, and uh, first and foremost, congratulations to Michael Zarafa. Congratulations, indeed. He did very, very well. Uh, Jade Mitchell, you're also there on the night. How are you? I'm good, thanks, guys. Yeah, it was um, it was an amazing night. I'm still buzzing, absolutely pumped for Zarafa. Commiserations to Horn. The man is an absolute legend. Um, what he's done for Australian boxing is he's put Australian boxing back on the map. Um, and the, the overall night was awesome. The, the venue, the crowd, the atmosphere, it was great. Um, but, um, yeah, Zarafa, man, he's now, he's now the top dog. Perseverance pays off. Um, I think the biggest thing for Zarafa is he's now got that maturity. He's been to the top of the mountain three times and come up short. And um, that's all that was missing. And we've got to remember, Zarafa is still only 27 years of age. And now he has that maturity and he has that self-belief. I really believe we're going to see the best out of Michael Zarafa now. And um, whispers are that Horn wasn't prepared as good as he probably could. He's going to have an even more dangerous version of Zarafa to fight next time because now he's got that self-belief. But um, if Horn does come, when Horn and if Horn does come back uh, for a rematch that's in the contract there, we're going to have a hell of a fight on our hands. It's, uh, it's, I still think it's a super exciting time for um, for Australian boxing. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, it's definitely a great story. Upsets, you know, we've witnessed two this year, Ben, you know, on the world stage with Ruiz and, and Joshua. That was a great story. And in an Australian scene with Zarafa and Horn. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No doubt at all. It's an upset. Uh, the bookies had um, Michael Zarafa around a $5 outsider in that fight. Um I guess it's one of those ones when, you know, looking back um, in hindsight is uh, makes things uh, pretty easy, doesn't it? But uh, looking at Jeff Horn going up to middleweight um, after having his uh, biggest moments at welterweight, it is a, a long way. And there were a few whispers that maybe um, his diet hadn't been exactly right throughout. And that certainly came out afterwards. Um, but I think it's important to, um, to really underline who Jeff Horn is in Australian sport and how classy he was in defeat the other night. He was exemplary. He was an example to every Australian athlete as to how to conduct yourself in defeat or in victory, like he was when he had his biggest moment against Manny Pacquiao. And um, I was very fortunate to be there that day and to be in the ring with him afterwards after that historic victory against Manny Pacquiao. And, um, yeah, I was just so proud of what he achieved and still am in awe of uh, his performance that day in decisively beating a, a legend of the sport. And then to be in the ring and, and at the press conference and to call the fight the other night um, in his defeat um, was also, you know, a, a very different moment. Um, but, yeah, he is just pure class. He's a legend of Australian sport. And if he decides to walk away from the sport now, which um, he's indicated to me on the phone 
today is still an option, um, then you know, then that's fine because he's achieved uh, more than the vast majority do in in a sporting career. And um, yeah, he said to me that he's going to take two weeks to figure it all out. And um, yeah, he deserves that time and he deserves to sail off into retirement if that's what he wants. But if he does want a rematch um, or if he does want to go to a different angle, then um, he should be supported in doing that because um, yeah, he's. He's been the top of the tree. He's achieved so much. And uh, while Michael Zarafa was uh, the better man um, the other night, um, we shouldn't uh, just wash away the the great achievements of Jeff Horn just because of one defeat. Here. Absolutely, mate. Arguably the greatest achievement ever by an Australian in sports. That that's that's absolutely massive. What he did to Manny Pacquiao. He beat him down. He beat him. He did it here on Australian soil. And no one could begrudge him for walking away. He took that risk against Terence Crawford when he didn't have to. Um, he's been paid for them. He has a bit of financial security for the future. He And he's con- continually said he's got three girls who love him. Um, so that's that's his main focus in life. Um, and it, can he come back from this? Absolutely he can. Does he have to? He, he doesn't have to. And you cannot begrudge the man for that. So... Thank you, Jeff Horn. As as a fighter and as someone who's riding this wave in Australian boxing right now or about to jump on board, I say thank you very much, Jeff Horn. You're an absolute legend, mate. And um, whatever you choose to do, I'm behind you 100%. Yeah, for sure. Australian boxing has yeah definitely been on the, up in the last few years, and that's because of Jeff Horn. Um, one thing we sh- want to talk about would be the stoppage. I'm sure... Yeah. The fact that it went longer than it, way longer than it should have, will definitely uh, impact Horn's yeah. decision whether to continue or not. Um, yeah. Because it, it was a career shortening uh, fight well, because of that. Like potentially, potentially it was. Yeah, it was a very, very bad stoppage. Um, it's been well spoken about. We were very vocal, myself and Barry Michael, in commentary. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm sure everyone's seen the fight by now, but round number nine, Jeff Horn um, had had a really bad round eight. He'd been dropped in round two as well. Came out for round nine and was taking all sorts of shots. Um, he was against the ropes at a point being um, bludgeoned by Michael Zarafa and Ferlin Marsh at that stage, I think, should have been stopping the fight, jumping in and stopping the fight. Instead, he waited until um, Jeff Horn went down. Um, I don't know if Jeff Horn was looking to get to the canvas or if he was just dropped, but he went down and he was hurt badly. Then Ferlin Marsh had the opportunity to stop the fight right there and then, and he should have. But instead, Jeff Horn went down heavily again on his face, got back up and swayed and bounced off the ropes. Ferlin Marsh was at that stage looking over to see where Michael Zarafa was and see what corner he was standing in. And uh, when he turned back around, he should have been waving it off, but he didn't. And then, given that he didn't, Glenn Rushton, as the trainer of Jeff Horn, should have been screaming. He was standing on the apron. He should have been screaming, that's it. He should have thrown a towel in Ferlin Marsh's face, and that fight should have been stopped right there and then because what happened is Jeff Horn went back out, and he's so ridiculously tough. Of course he did. And he yeah. took so many unnecessary blows to the head, and he was dropped, and he was down for a long time. It was just not good enough by both Ferlin Marsh, who has to his credit admitted that he was wrong and apologised and promised to go away and um, repair um, the standard of his refereeing, and by Glenn Rushton, who has today apologised to Jeff Horn for not stopping that fight. They both dropped the ball badly. They both apologised, but um, yeah, it wasn't good enough. On certainly the not. Well, it certainly wasn't good enough. I think 
I think everyone's just in absolute shock at uh, what happened because in everyone's minds, uh, Jeff Horn was such a heavy A side. And um, yeah, it, look, there's a bit of negligence there on both parties. But um, yeah, Jeff Horn is too tough for his own good. I don't know whether they're thinking he could come back from that. Um, we've heard heard Rushton say before too, like even the Crawford stoppage, he complained about that. Um, Horn could come back from that. I I don't see that. I don't like that. Um, but um, yeah, moving forward. Ferlin. It's good that Ferlin has actually Ferlin did he, he he was straight with that, so it's all good, but it is a bit of a worry when um, we've seen that trend in Jeff's career. But then hindsight as well, like you look at the Pacquiao round nine and um, things weren't going his way. He was so close to being stopped and then look at what happened that night. So but still This was a lot worse though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely it yeah. was. Yeah, he kept and his feet against that, big, yeah. Bigger, stronger man, too, dishing out that punishment. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's, um, thank God he, he got out of there. He's You spoke to him. He's happy, healthy today. And um, it's something they can look to improve on in the future and um, lesson learned, hopefully, by all involved. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially with what happened recently in boxing, it's you, you can't take any chances. It's always better to stop a fight a little bit early than a little bit late. Um, oh. Yeah, hopefully all parties involved can take something away from this, and you know, yeah. everyone who watched can can you know take this on going forward. In the it future. was distressing. Yeah, it was distressing for a lot of people there. Um, obviously, Jeff's father, Jeff Senior, um, came through the crowd and was screaming and um, trying to stop the fight. And Joe Horn was in tears. His wife, Ben Horn, his brother, was in the corner. He was the one who actually took his jacket off and threw it across the ring uh, at around the same time that Phil and March was finally uh, stopping the fight. No, no, it was Ben Horn. But... Um, at that, it was it was Furlan Marsh who stopped the fight, regardless. Eventually, yeah. but it should have been stopped by the corner prior to that. But um, well, it should have been stopped by him prior to when it should have been stopped by the corner. But regardless, um, yeah, there was a lot of distress, and um, it's a good thing that Glenn has apologised to Jeff um, about it. He's obviously gone and looked back, and um, he's seen a lot of the negative coverage that um, things have got. And I know a lot of people have been very outspoken about this and, and obviously Barry Michael and myself were in commentary, uh, but Jeff Fennick has uh, had a lot of things to say, um, some very strong things about where he thinks that um, Marsh and Rushton uh, should be in, uh, in in boxing. And, yeah, it, it was a controversial end to um, an otherwise fantastic fight. Gee, I, yeah. I just watched it back, actually, this morning. Um, geez, it was a good fight, calling it. Because there's so much going on, you're just trying to sort of get everything right. But um, to watch it back, um, yeah, there was so much happening. Like round one was a really interesting round. Round two, uh, obviously, there was that fantastic low hook that um, Zarafa threw and dropped Horn and he bounced back up. And then round three, Horn changed his tactics and he found that plan B, which we didn't know if he had after seeing what happened against Crawford. He pulled out all those left hooks and he had a really good round and then it got into a real slugfest. Horn started to take shots and started to tie. Round eight was was nasty. And Zarafa looked so slick, big right hands. And then obviously what we saw in round nine, it was um, it was action-packed. You thought that Horn might stop him in round three, but um, then Zarafa just went to another level. Like it, yeah. it was it was really strong. 
One thing about Mick is too is the man is durable. Look at look at the punishment he caught from Cal Book when in the first round in that fight I was like, oh shit, like yeah, no, oh, man, Mick, 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 like fuck, get your hands up, get out of there. But man, he toughed it out and got stronger as the fight went on. I, I look, I may be a little bit biased, but I pretty well, I I couldn't really split the first round. Of course, the second round for mine was a ten eight. The third round was all Jeff Horn. Um, he landed some ripping shots in there, some great hooks. But I, I, I thought Mick wore them quite well. And then from then on, I had um, I had Zarafa dominating. There was around there, around six or seven, Jeff had a decent round. But I, I, I struggled to... I, I was I was scoring even rounds, and if I wasn't scoring even rounds, it was a decisive round to to Zarafa. But yeah, um, oh, he was well clear, and he was well clear on the on having, the scorecards. Yeah. yeah. Having said that, yeah. but like um, I I'm I, um, I was I'm a little bit biased towards Zarafa, but um, but also but also having said that, I'm, you're just waiting for Horn to just land one of those shots because it can be there at any time from Horn. You've seen him. We've seen him even when he's in the worst of trouble. He just pulls something out the hat, and um, man, he's just a powerful, strong guy. But um, it was a Rafa just had all the answers. He was so sharp that night. That that right that right hand the that right chopping right over the top, um, and, yeah. and that right uppercut. Yeah. He steps out and just just. Just letting it absolutely fly, and it comes so fast. Um, and he's deceptive with his distance on that right hand as well. I've literally had that right hand tattooed to the left side of my face, and um, I can tell you that right hand is is uh, his best punch. And um, yeah, and he was outstanding at timing Jeff Horn on the way in, which is what we saw from Terence Crawford every time that um, Jeff tried to find his way in so he could throw those shots and use that head movement and weave in. He was getting picked off by Terence Crawford, and Zarafa managed to do that. He was good at length as well. Um, all the uh, double jab right hands that he was throwing at range were outstanding, and when he got closer, that uppercut was big. But his timing was fantastic. He managed to chop down on the shorter Jeff Horn, and um, that height difference really seemed to be a, a major issue in that fight. And once Zarafa really figured out where Horn was going to be, um, he was so dominant, and he was just a bully to the bully in round eight and then obviously um, finished him up in round nine. It was um, it was a really strong boxing performance and he was right up against it in round three because he took a lot of big shots. There were six or seven big left hooks and a couple of right hands as well that he took and he was hurt in round three, but he gusted out himself and um, finished the fight. It was a super impressive performance and easily the best performance of his professional without career. Without doubt, without doubt. Yeah. He's been to the top of the mountain. He's tried to climb that mountain three times and come up short three times. He's 21 age when he got stopped by Peter Quillen. Um, maturity is all is all he needed. And, and Mick Mick is a confidence fighter. If he if he gets a sniff and once he starts to believe in himself, he is he's amazing. And that's that's the thing after this fight for mine, Mick's gonna be better again. He's gonna raise to another level because that confidence fighter, he now has the maturity, he's twenty seven years of age. Um, and this this marquee win, it's just it's exciting to see what version of Michael's a rapper we're going to get next. Yeah, it's like what he said in the pre-fight videos as well, is that once he feels the right hand, he's going to know he's in trouble. And he was right. Yeah. He, everything he said he was going to do, he did. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and you know. Yeah. 
It was exactly per his script. Like it wasn't per the script of a lot yeah. of others, but yeah, um, it was exactly what he said he'd do, um, and he I'll did tell it. Tell you what, too, hanging yeah, around yeah. and being there for the press conference as well, as as a current active fighter, very very sobering moment. Um, to be to be in there and Zaraf is in there, it's the celebration. It's just it was just such a good such a good feeling to see him achieve that. Sitting in the press conference, I sit, I sit next to his father, Manny, his sister Michelle's in front. Everyone's just so happy. Everyone's so high, and it's just the greatest feeling. And then to see the to, to see Jeff Horn sitting there and just very sobering to hear hear him. He was very very he carried himself so well as he always does. But just to I don't know just to hear his thoughts on it and just maybe he didn't do the things he should have been doing as far as nutrition and stuff is concerned. And just the yin and the yang of boxing, it's just, it's so, it's so final. Like you can have the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. And um, it's just cool to see hard work pay off for Mick. And then if Jeff was sleeping on Zarafa that little bit, the harsh reality what he's faced with now, he's now lost chance at Ryoto Murata in Japan, that payday. Um, that's all but, all but gone now, isn't it? So, very, very, very sobering experience to be in the room and um, and, and witness that. See my mate get up and then see a legend like Jeff um, come up short was, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a cool experience, I suppose. But yeah, it's just very, very bit of pill to swallow. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I was hosting the, uh, those press conferences after the fight, and Jade, you did have an opportunity to get up and make your announcement as well in between, because there was a gap between um, Zarafa and Horn. I don't know what stopped you. Um, the floor was yours. The Australian <laughs> boxing media. Well, I had there. second thoughts on announcing Rushton as my trainer after that stoppage. Lenifer lives to fight another day. So um, yeah, I'll see how we go. I don't know. We'll see how we go. We'll we'll see how this week plays out, or or maybe this fight, and then uh, I'll I'll give him the ass after this. We'll see how it performs. But he yeah. lives to fight another day, thanks to the negligence of the corner okay. that night. So um, so there's one positive out of out of out of what we saw is um, Len Mitchell yeah. is still in job as uh, head coach yeah. of myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Huge news. Who would have thought that? Yeah. <laughs> it's good to see him um, the other night, though, and happy 70th to Lenifer. He's looking very yeah. sharp in his suit. Yeah, he was. Yeah. 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 Good on him. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I guess the um, the question now is is where to from here for Horn and Zarafa? Well, as we've said, um, Jeff Horn's going to take two weeks or so to figure out whether he fights on and um, whether he wants to have a rematch or go a different route. Um, so everything depends on that decision, particularly for um, the Zarafa camp, because if they're into a rematch, then they've got to take it. And um, yeah, Horn's going to work that out. Uh, maybe there's some room for them to suggest to the uh, Horn camp that uh, the rematch not take place at middleweight, that they do negotiate perhaps pay Zarafa over the odds uh, to have the rematch at super welterweight. Um, I know that is he an is idea that they would at least... Sorry? He is a super welterweight. Mick has been currently fighting as a super welterweight. That just makes perfect sense that it would be there. So to catch yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 
Yeah, but the contract states that the rematch would take place at middleweight and Michael Zarafa obviously knows that he has a distinct advantage now over Jeff Horn with that size at middleweight. So, yeah, perhaps there's an opportunity for them to go to the Zarafa camp and say, look, we'll have the rematch, but we'll pay you an extra X amount to have it at super welterweight. Maybe that's an option. Um, the other option is that uh, potentially something can be done between the promoter of Jeff Horn, who is Dean Elevents and Dean Lonigan, uh, yeah. with Michael Zarafa because... He's been crying out for someone to make him a big name in Australia and all of a sudden he has a reputation and he has his big scalp. He has his Manny Pacquiao moment and maybe someone like um, Dean Lonergan is the man to steer him further into the public eye. Maybe that involves a rematch. Maybe that involves them trying to get that uh, fight with Ryota Murata in Japan as a, a first step or, or maybe it's a matter of building him up on other shows and then trying to bring him a world title fight to Australia. Um, that'd be an option. Or alternatively, um, if Jeff Horn decides to walk away from the sport or to go a different route and to fight against someone else, maybe Michael Zarafa tries to find um, another fight at middleweight internationally or a big fight at uh, super welterweight uh, domestically with Tim Zhu. I know they've turned that down and they will have world rankings at uh, middleweight, but Tim Zhu's the other pay-per-view fighter in Australia just at the moment. So if he could knock off the pair of them um, in the space of a couple of fights, uh, gee, his standing goes up enormously. So there's there's huge options, but it all comes down to the decision that Jeff Horn makes in the next two weeks. I, I, look, I like that fight, but for mine, what I would love to see is the rematch of Zarafa Horn be built up into a massive, an even bigger fight again, fill out a, a, a proper arena um, in, in Melbourne or, or in Brisbane. So we have the rematch at junior middleweight and you're going to see, like I said, Zaraf is a confidence fighter. He has all the confidence in the world. He's got the maturity. You're going to see the best version of Zarafa. Jeff Horn is going to want to get that back. This this fight could be massive. This is this is the only fight for me, for them for them now, unless, unless Mick gets a world title opportunity or something. But for mine, if Mick can beat him again at junior welterweight, then he... He has to be a pay-per-view star in Australia. Like he, it, for mine, he, he has to be. If it's promoted right, which I wholeheartedly believe it'll be promoted right, they do a great job. Um, and now Mick has got his name in Australia. Like that's that's the fight to make. You're going to see the best version of Mick. You're going to see the best version of Horn. There's not going to be any questions whatsoever. Um, and uh, we all win. Boxing wins. It'll be. It'd be absolutely huge because you look at this. Look, this isn't. Um, I reckon Garth Wood knocking out um, Mundine was a far bigger upset. Yeah. Because Zaraf has tried and proven his world class yeah. is the real deal. Um, yeah. Oh, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah, and then, was, then in then in the rematch, in the rematch, um, Wood barely laid a glove on Mundine, but this rematch, you've got two of the world's best at that weight, both Australians. We've got history. We've got everything. We've got the makings of something massive. That, that is, if they, if there's yes. any Aussies fighting each other, that's the fight for me. That rematch. There's no questions. There's no nothing. Best versus the best. Let's, yeah. That's for mine. That's, that's, that's a must. Yeah, and how strong is the super welterweight scene in Australia? If that fight can be made at super welterweight and the winner comes through, then there's Tim Zhu waiting for potentially yeah. the winner. And then we've got Dennis Hogan as well, who's a super welterweight at the moment. There's a massive announcement coming for Dennis Hogan um, internationally, so he may not play a part yeah. in, um, in in these proceedings, but uh, you can't forget his name when you're talking about those names. And yeah, if, 
if we can make Horn Zarafa two potentially at Super Welterweight, and that's all up to um, Zarafa as to whether he wants the cash in order to go down there and whether that is something that is done. But then the winner of uh, that fight fights Tim Zhu. Like, yeah, it's starting to. Yeah. It's starting to really pump Australian boxing back up and there's some great names there and what exciting domestic fights they can all be. But, yeah, there's so much to play out and, and it all comes down to where the Horn fights are. That, that too, would be the most lucrative option for Michael's rapper as well um, as far as as far as far um, the rematch with Horn. I, and, and as far as his future goes, like cementing his future in the Australian media, a rematch with Horn, and if he can do it again, then he's um, that yeah that's massive for him. So I think I think Dennis Hogan and Zarafa makes more sense than Zarafa versus Zoo. I think Zarafa proved himself to be the man, and I love I love the fact too that in Australia right now we have two promotional powerhouses in No Limit and DNL, and they both they both coexist and they've both got their stars and um, they're both putting out a great product. So that that's cool. So I'd say any any rush in putting those two together. And I see he's a rapper now as he's the man, he's the top dog, he's got his choice. But the only guys for me that I would like to see fight is the rapper and horn number two. Or potentially Hogan, the reason I didn't say Yeah, well, it, it, that won't happen is, for yeah, now. That won't happen for now, because Hogan's got this other no, fight. So. No. no, but um, yeah, it's exciting, man. And then we've got the um, the... We've got free-to-wear boxing kicking off again, so we're going to have we're going to have fighters coming up through there on free-to-wear and um, be able to get to showcase talent. The next crop of next crop of pay-per-view stars we had had Brock Al- uh, Brock, Brock, Brock Ellis. Ellis. Yeah, no, I agree. Brock, Brock Ellis is the next Brock Ellis of Australian boxing. He is the next star. Yes. Brock Jarvis. Okay. How long do you think until Brock Ellis is a legitimate? Um, pay-per-view star. He's got to start boxing, I'm not, obviously. But, I'm not um, sure, Matt Damon. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I just did a Jeff. I did a did a did a Jeff. Hank. That was that was a crack up. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Oh, it's great to be here in Ballarat. Oh, Saying Ballarat, the it was great. It was, yeah. They did, they turned but, on him, didn't they? They were a bit harsh. They were ready for their booze, though. After the um, after all the booing of the uh, ring card blokes earlier through the night so they were that honestly honestly that was one of my thoughts tonight and just how like the crowd were good sports with it all too and even lieutenant dan um he made the announcement that it's just political correctness gone gone crazy like it's it's so it's so silly that this was even a thing but i think the um the promotion handled it really well and we had the ring person or what did they call him anyway it does, it's not important we had the ring person. the um fight progress manager okay there we go. Well, we had him in there, and the crowd just turning I didn't on him. going to catch on. The crowd turning on him. Just I don't think anyone wants it to catch on. Um, crowd turning on I him. I should uh, give a cheerio. Sorry, I would give a cheerio to Lieutenant Dan because he does listen, and I thought he did a fantastic job the other night. Oh, yeah. um, he had a he had a little bit of a crack at me the other day because um, on this show we were laughing about uh, he'd said something on the No Limit show about number one promoter it was obviously written in the script yeah, he course. was he was reading what he was t- and he was like oh shit so um no lieutenant dan <laughs> doing an outstanding job doing all the big shows and um i uh having watched back uh the show this morning he really sold that main event uh, he pumped up the entrances of michael zarafa and of jeff horn and uh did the intros uh 
just perfectly. So yeah, he did a fantastic job, Lieutenant. Dan. I love when he just flicks his notes in the air and just <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They went everywhere. I got one of them. I've kept it. I asked, I'll get him to sign it at some point. Oh, jolly good. No, but as I was saying, I absolutely loved it. The crowd just turned on him. You suck. Just booing, going absolutely mental. Just well, the, the volume in there, yeah. just giving it to him. And then you'd see in between, he'd get out the ring and then the, they'd have his face up on the big screen and he's there like with his shrugging his shoulders like, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm just doing what I'm told. Like, I'm sorry. And everyone's just getting into him. And then when the after Lieutenant Dan come on and he said his bit and he said, hey, and everyone, the crowd turned on him. It's like, hey, don't turn on me. Turn on that guy, team, the team, and then so everyone's just getting stuck into him, and it was it was good, it was actually good, good fun. Everyone's getting stuck into him, which at the time the guy would have felt like absolute garbage. As soon as the girls come on, the joint, as, as soon as the girls come on, the joint absolutely erupted. As soon as the first one does the lap and she she exits the ring, they put ring card man up on the screen. He's got a couple of buttons undone. He just uh, cheers the crowd with his, his his beer there and has a swig of the beer and the whole joint. So everyone went from hating ring card man <laughs> to just absolutely loving the guy, just feeling his pain. He just gives everyone the nod. He's got his beer. He's knocked off for the night. Everyone was happy and um, he become a hero of the night, ring card man. So it was all's well that ends well. It was so, it was just funny that um, for mine it was just a good good to just sort of have that little bit of a a piss take it political correctness gone crazy um the the girls look the girls look fine on the night it's nice and classy i look i hate i hate when it's just over the top i like i it's got to be it's got to be done right it's still there's kids there everything it was great fun and the way that they um the way they had fun with it was great so i thought that was good well i um i was actually this morning in the gym um, I was reading the subtitles. They brought up their ring card girl fiasco at the fight. And, um, yeah, even the, the panel that was there, they were making light of it. Like, it's political correctness gone gone crazy. So, it's just... Well, you I don't expect this much level of political correctness in a country town, though. Yeah, but see, it's not... Look, it's this, this now will be completely brushed under the rug. I think it's been handled handled fine it's a part of boxing it's done yeah. it's done right it's done classy yeah. and that was that was a bit of fun so shout out to ring card man yeah. whoever you are i um yeah <laughs> I, I sort of have decided not to buy into this whole story through the process but um yeah i, I know That's that i know that it's um you know there's 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 merit on both sides of it and 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 the like but i know that uh yeah it sort of came up uh, the Bendigo Advertiser were behind a piece which was supported by a councillor from um, Bendigo. That's how it sort of came up initially. Um, then the story sort of started to get some legs and was picked up by by other newspapers. So it started with a, a, a small newspaper. And, and I know that the councillor involved was reaching out, trying to get a lot of support. So she was trying to drum up this story. Um, and she, she, in fact, reached out. Taylor Harris got in touch with me yesterday. She reached out to Taylor Harris um, to try and get her into the into the story and Taylor sort of um, said, oh, no, I've got friends who do that and they that, that I've spoken to them about their reasoning and they're very comfortable with the way that they do it. So she said, I politely declined to be involved. And um, the council's like, oh, shit, all right, no worries. And so she's obviously, um, yeah, managed to, you know, express some feelings that she has a, a about uh, potentially misogynistic um, 
position within uh, the boxing framework and, and it opens a discussion and which is an important one as to whether that role um, is beneficial or if there are issues around it so at least it's something that people have talked about and I did think it was it was handled pretty well um, on the night the only issue for us in commentary was that in between rounds when we we're analyzing replays we've got the whole crowd booing like definitely <laughs> and you're trying to look at what you know Joe Goodall was just under Christian soy or something and the the joints going off its head so that was a little bit off-putting but um but, but aside from that it was fine and and the coverage uh, overall seemed to go pretty well it's got a really good response um so yeah we, we, we've got to be pretty happy with um how everything went. i didn't even take that into consideration <laughs> as you're trying to call the replays and you're seeing some great action especially especially christian and goodall like my god those boys traded some absolute bombs and normally the crowd would be up and about because as you're calling it it's being played on the big screens but yeah, just 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 to have the booing that would have been different. Oh yeah, and then when they switch back to the uh, female ring card holders, um, they were cheering out of their I mean, mind. I mean, ring progress managers. Yeah, yeah, fight progress managers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was off putting at, at all times, but um, yeah, all's well that uh, that ends well, as you say. Bit of fun. Um, you mentioned um, just briefly mentioned the undercard, um, and obviously uh, Brock Jarvis. And Brock yeah, Brock Ellis. Uh, no, Brock yeah. Jarvis, um, and what a great story he is, Brock Jarvis, um, and what a performance that was against Ernesto Salong, who, um, as I mentioned in commentary, had fought for a world title and gone the distance the year prior. And um, Jarvis got hurt a couple of times, no doubt about that. He was wobbled, but he just guts it out, and he is just something else. Um, I don't know how long he can keep getting to that weight because there's nothing of him, but. His hands are incredible. Um, he boxed so maturely, and that was a that was a star making performance. Like he he went to a complete different level, and he punches so well to the body. He throws such combinations. He turns his opponents on the ropes so well, and um, he's got yeah. that Jeff Fennick killer instinct in him. He, he's got he's got star all over him. Given you know the way he looks, um, having Fennick there, the way he fights, um, yeah, he, he is he's something else. Looks like Justin Bieber fights like Lester Ellis. <laughs> yeah. He's um he's and that's that's a massive compliment. That's what that that's coming from Lenifer too, like an old an old school bloody boxing man to call to say um Brock Ellis is like Lester Ellis, which he is. Brock Ellis is like Lester Ellis. I mean Brock Ellis is related to Lester <laughs> Ellis. Okay? That's why I keep on chucking the Ellis name in there. Jesus. Um, Brock Jarvis reminds me and he reminds Lennifer of Brock Ellis. Of Lester Ellis. Okay. Lester. No, just just those long arms and just, my God, those quadruple left rips. He just dig, 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 dig. And then he fires back up top. He turns his opponent. And he just goes again. At times, at times, Brock, he's so long for that weight. At times, he crowds his work. You'd think a, a fighter with that sort of a physique would be on the outside boxing, but yeah, he's just Benick. He's an animal. Yeah. He just keeps coming forward. Like um, twenty-one years of age too. So we got one. Yeah. We got I, one. That's for sure. I must have so heard that future. Lester Ellis, um, Brock Jarvis comparison about thirty times since that fight. Uh, oh, with so Barry, Barry, um, everyone who Barry was talking to, other people who were standing near Barry, Barry's friends. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it, it was, um, yeah, that was what people wanted to talk about. And probably if the um, main event hadn't have been so dramatic and had, you know, a star made in Michael Zarafa, then 
there would have been even more coverage of um, Brock Jarvis. There's been plenty, but um, yeah, his performance was a show stealer on just about any other night. It was it was really special. And then through the rest of the card, there were some really good fights. A couple of very strange um, decisions, I thought at least. Um, I, I thought that Joseph Goodall clearly won that fight against Christian Soy, who is obviously made of you know granite. Um, but I still thought yeah. Goodall won the fight. It was given a draw. Um, yeah. I, I, and I thought that while um, Ankush Huda was uh, very impressive, the Indian who took the fight on short notice against Andrew Hunt, I, I thought Hunt probably did enough to get a result there as well. But but um, gee, I'd like to see Huda in action again with a with a full preparation. It's going to be tough for him to get fights, but um, yeah, he, he was he was very handy, wasn't he? But Andrew Hunt in the first sixty seconds, as I said in commentary, in the first sixty seconds, I thought, well, he'll win, he'll unify world titles, this dude. And then, obviously, after that, he didn't look as spectacular. <laughs> but it's, if, you could, if you could bottle that 60 seconds and just produce that <laughs> minute after minute, there was um, it was crazy. But, uh, yeah, some, some good fights. I, I, I also thought that um, Bianca Elmir was, was very unlucky against Shannon O'Connell. I thought she was so strong and did a really great job. Um, yeah, I thought she didn't get dropped. Uh, she, yeah, if she, didn't, if she didn't get dropped in that first round, um, yeah, yeah. Haven't, haven't, haven't said that, but there was one score that was like 59 fighter. something. Yeah, one, one of the scores was all over the place. Yeah, I don't know what happened yeah. there, but yeah, nah. still, still my favorite female fighter. Never been a boring fight. And Shannon O'Connell makes me feel like a pussy. Like, yeah, I feel like I feel like a, a little bitch compared to her. She's a bad lady. She'll fight. Yeah, she is. Did anyone see her after the fight? The, the left side of her face during that fight was so so swollen, and she it was clearly hurting her. But she just kept going yeah. forward. I don't know if anyone saw her afterwards, but she wouldn't have she wouldn't have looked. Well. <laughs> she's she's a beast. she is a beast. Yeah, no doubt at all. She and took some in, shots, kept going. Like yeah, she gutsed it out, and that was a really really good fight. That's a that's a must rematch fight. That yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll see that rematch. Yeah, Isaac yeah. Hardman. Um, I loved yeah. his intro when he walked in. He's got the crowd all geared up, played the horses. <laughs> That's um, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was cool, wasn't it? Uh, Isaac Hardman's a, a listener as well. Uh, came up and spoke to me the other day. Lovely fella, um, Isaac Hardman. Um, came up and had a chat and um, said he listens to, to the show. And g'day, Isaac. Um, yeah, he, he came out uh, again. Like you thought when he was coming to the ring, and he knew it was his moment as well. On that big show, he's just signed a deal with um, with Dean L. Events as well. So it was his chance to sort of be introduced, and he came out and um, probably wasn't as spectacular as we thought. Like a lot of people expected him to just blast Mitchell Whitelaw, but he couldn't He couldn't do that. Whitelaw was very long, boxed very, very well, and immediately afterwards Isaac said, look, I'm going to go to super middleweight and stay there. I'm not coming up to fight at these sorts of catch weights again. He only did that because of the late withdrawal of um, – Kasabi's opponent, but um, yeah, he, well, he got the result. Um, I know Barry thought that it that it was a white law victory. I, I probably scored it a draw that fight, um, but yeah, yeah, it was a it, it was a it was a good entertaining fight, and I look forward to seeing um, Hardman and White Law in action again. Yeah, White Law White Law box box brilliantly, um, and was definitely had like had their survival on. He had survival in his mind with his longer reach and, and really, really did well to keep Hardman off him. But, yeah, I've got a – my favourite part about that fight was definitely the entrance song. He comes out with so much energy and Horses horses is brilliant. Yeah, horses. Hardman. I absolutely love that. So, Even um, Brock Jarvis with Cole Chisel. Yeah. Well, just a bloody Aussie pub night. <laughs> brilliant. 
Yeah, yeah. 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 Jimmy Barnes, working class man, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was good. They those well, sorts of moments really give uh, give the night a boost. Um, as I touched on a little bit earlier, like with now free to wear, free to wear boxing, um, in free to wear boxing happening. I'm hoping that the November show that I'll be co-headlining that with Brock Jarvis, not Brock Ellis, co-headlining that with Brock Brock Jarvis, and then we get the Harden um, Marcus Harb fight will actually happen on that so on live television so already um shaping up with three three great fights at the top end of that card so the shows that the shows that are being put out there by dnl matt rose and now hosking promotions will be looking after that one you've got mick francis um is there anyone is there anyone running things in um in brisbane ben um well, there's yeah, there's still all sorts of things happening. I don't know. I, I yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, the the live television show that DiCarlo put on earlier this year with um the Flamingo, that was that was a that was a great live TV. But yeah, man, it's just it's exciting to be riding this wave. And um, yeah, we're talking about walkout songs uh, entrances. Is yours is yours rusted on, or are you are you open to change? No, it's um, it's um, look, there might be a little bit of like um, no, I like yours. Don't change it. A little Jay. bit. No, 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 no. Worries. I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to change it. There no. might be like a little bit of a little little well, bit of a remix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mariachi sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I am the matador. I'm the bullfighter. I'm the bull. So we could maybe add a little bit of mariachi in there with with the boy George. Could we do a poll? Could we do a poll amongst uh, listeners and and come up with something? If we were to all nominate, you know, and it, it could be oh, remixed. I'm sure Mickey can do that. Fight progress managers. I'm happy to yeah. put my hand up. I'd for actually that. like you to be one of my fight progress managers. Um, if, if if I am headlining that show in November, Mickey, that'd be great. Yeah. I think you'd do do a great job. I'm sure I will. Camera between rounds, and we'll we'll get you up there. Sure. But um, look, now nah, I. I, I've had the same song from day I love it. I'm prepared to do a little bit of a remix, remix a little bit of mariachi or something like that in there. A bit more... It's uh, just while you're going through all these changes. You know, you've got a new nickname, you've got a new promotional outfit. Um, obviously, you've got a new trainer soon, as we've discussed. Soon, soon. And, and, and um, boy. Just... Yeah. I dare you. I, I dare it you. Might be just, time. just step out of line, man. You're, you're gone. You're gone, mate. <laughs> No. <laughs> Hanging by a thread. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why don't you get a live mariachi band? Have you I considered beg- that? I beg you. A live mariachi a live band. Mariachi band. A live mariachi band. Ooh, now yeah, now we're talking. Jeez, put a good show on for um for free to wear TV. Although, because everything with TV, you've got time limits. They're going to be like, hey man, like put a oh, let's wrap this. Up. No, I know someone. We can sort that out. Someone. I know someone. All Keeping right. in with the theme, you can have like a food truck that does tacos. Oh yes, because mate, that's, that is one thing I want. Um, we're looking at we're looking at doing on the on the this November show, um, and hopefully, if you like it, because uh, of Billy Warmer, outdoor event, food trucks, DJs, mariachi band now too. We might even get, have a bullfighter there. Who knows? We'll see. Why don't we just do away we, with the uh, boxing altogether, and you can just do that, like do it as a BNS ball or something. Fight a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Just send me out there. It's like, yeah, you're the matador yeah. man. Just get out of there. You'll be sweet. Just get bored, bored yeah. to death. 
Sport yep. to death on um, the National yep. Boxing Series. That'll be a great, uh, great Kickstarter. Beautiful. Um, yeah, well, we'll go yeah, into more anyway, detail about. about we can go into more detail about all the um, on about all the free to air stuff on maybe our next yeah. uh, our next episode. Awesome. But uh, well, yeah. How about we how about we wrap this up? Hey fellas, we've just about can we wrap everything. it up. Okay. Yeah, I have to get I have to get to an appointment. I've got. There was a there was a menu item here uh, that I noticed we didn't talk about. My line at the end of the fight. I don't know. Did any of you? Watch? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I love it. Oh, well done. Yeah, I, I did a little Japanese line that uh, just sort of came through me organically. I think I said, um, and Michael Zarafa says sayonara to uh, Jeff Horn's <laughs> Japanese dream. Um, yeah. Brock, Brock Ellis here, not Brock Jarvis, has said that it was uh, the oh. best closing line to a stoppage in recent memory. Yeah. So does that just come oh, to your you. mind just on its own, Ben? You didn't, ha- you didn't have that prepared oh, at since all? Since you brought it up. Since you brought it up, um, no, no, it didn't. I, I was actually, uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'd thought of Sayonara before. I was, I was obviously thinking about the Japanese thing and saying something, but then, yeah, I just sort of, just sort of yelled, and that's what was coming out. I, I was uh, just moments before that, I'd actually put the microphone down and yelled at the corner and at Furlan Marsh. So then, then I brought it back up to, to say audible things uh, to the audience. And um, yeah, that's what came out. So yeah, I, I hope I, I did it justice for uh, Michael Zarafa because it's a huge moment and one I'm sure he's going to watch back uh, a lot of times more than anyone else, I'd say. So hopefully uh, he uh, oh, thought yeah. that um, it, it summed the moment up uh, for him. Yeah, well, maybe he can be our next live guest. Yeah, sure. Mick would be more than happy to come on again. I could. Uh, I'd be. I'd be. Lo- I'd love to. That was. <laughs> that was. I had an absolute stinker that night. That that's that morning. That's when Drew had just been born. I uh, I hadn't slept, and um, I was just a zombie that episode and threatened. Sure, to dude, we'll have to get him on someday and ask so him. I would love, I'd love to have Zarafa back on and uh, just just put in, put oh, in a yeah. slightly better yeah. performance <laughs> for uh, for Hurt Business Radio listeners and viewers of our live episodes. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, Mickey, you've got some of your uh, typically shit-ass true and false, true or false things to finish us off there. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I love how you give Get me credit for me. that. Um, the first <laughs> one we've actually uh, already covered, which was uh, Michael Zarafa's win over Jeff Horn is the biggest upset. Obviously, I think we're all unanimous that Garth Wood Mundine was yes. a bigger upset. And probably Francis Tewer, Kai McKenzie as well. Um, yeah. Bunch of others. Yeah, I, I don't think it was... I don't know. It probably, given the scale of it, yeah. um, it's right up there. But you know, realistically, when you line them both up, no, it's not. It's not a massive upset. Yeah, especially to Zarafa because he was yeah, he was yeah prophetic the whole way through. So, next question: A rematch is essential for the future of both fighters. True or false? False. Um, if Jeff Horn wants to finish up now, he uh, can do that. Yeah. Well, Zarafa would have options now, so I think maybe Horn would need it more than Zarafa, but. The financials and the the scale of the fight obviously are a factor as well. So I wouldn't say essential, but couldn't hurt. Yep. Um, all right. We're powering through these. Brock Jarvis is ready for a world title fight at Super Bantamweights. 
true or false? Oh, look, I'll say false because he, he could be ready and probably there's um, there's opportunities that he could snatch one. But he's 21. He's had 17 fights. Uh, there is no rush and he's going to be turned into a star. He's just done a promotional contract as well with yeah, DNL. So yeah. they've got big plans for him. They're going to build him up. They're going to make him a star. And it would be good if he's a star before a proper, genuine, mainstream star before he has that world title fight. So, so I'd say, no, let's uh, let's wait. I actually love how Jeff Fennick is always saying, you know, it's even at the pre-fight press conference, it was like, yeah, he's probably about a year and a year and a half away from a title fight, which I think is very wise. There's no point rushing anyone. I know there's a lot of pressure from fans to, to get him to these big fights, but I love how um, Jeff's really uh, patient with it. And, you know, he's only 21. He's Absolutely. still going into his man weight. Absolutely, but so there's no if, rush at all. Um, if he was to get a title fight and he was to come up short, who cares? The kid's 21. He he's he has all those star qualities. So exactly. Yeah, he 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 could, but yeah. um, there's no there's there's no rush. Yes, he could. No rush. If he did, if he come up short for mine, everyone's still gonna be on board with that kid because um, he's a kid. He's absolutely killing it. So yeah. so is that. We've got true or false yeah. and yes or no at the ends. There's a typo. Oh, yeah. I don't know what happened there. Um, Brock Ellis. Yeah, Brock Jones, yeah well, Brock Ellis was too busy after his uh, outstanding super band and weight performance the other night uh, <laughs> to get these right. All right. All right, Matt Damon. Yeah. So, okay, last one. August was the best month for televised boxing in recent history. Do we answer yes or no or true or um, false? I'm, I'm probably... I'm probably slightly biased here, given I commentate them, but but uh, yeah, uh, oh, it'd be hard to go past it, wouldn't it? Two massive domestic fights yeah. like that. Um, I'm trying to think back to another month like what, that. What, it depends uh, what you mean by recent memory, though. What is, is that? One year? Is that five years? Is that ten years? What? How do you well, define that? Yeah, I was going to say years, after so, um, twenty years of getting hit in the face, I don't. I don't possess a memory, so for me, I'm, I'm I have to say yes. You were just happy to be in Ballarat the other night, weren't you? you just uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in recent memory, what? In recent memory, yeah, it's got to be. It's a massive month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, I, I can't remember seeing this much boxing on TV in recent memory. So yeah, yeah very good. Um, well, all right, well, I, I before we go, and I know Jade has to go to um, do something. But yeah, so he's got a meeting with uh, with Lenifer and uh, Glenn Rushton. But uh, yeah. before that, um, I don't know if anyone else has noticed, but um, there's a certain someone who didn't get a mention so far in this episode. I did notice, and I think we can. Do we want to? Nah, so there's fuck two it. people. Kim Poulsen. Oh, Kim Poulsen, hello. Thank you for listening uh, through this whole episode. <laughs> Can't wait to see you up against Ashley Theophane. Um, the 5th of October, the 6th of October back here, a Sunday. It'll be in the early hours of the morning. Um, I'm sure there'll be live streams all over the place. Um, really looking forward to it. Good luck. Hope the prep's going well. Yeah, looking yep. forward to Cheerio, doing a, a fight companion for that. No, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Who else wasn't yeah, mentioned? Um, we mentioned firing Lenafar. Okay. Yeah, as long as we check Lennifer, those boxes. Paulson. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Um, oh, who else? Who else? I can't think of. There's no one else who. Yeah, there's no one else. Is are relevant. There any, are there any other super middleweights? Are there any other super middleweights? Um, I can't think of any other 
world ranked. There's some great. There's some great. No, there's some great. There are actually some great super middleweights in this country who 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 um, deserve a mention. Raul Murdoch, <laughs> Bill Alakaway, even Matteo Tapia on the way up. Ren, he's still around. Um, no, but everyone else, I don't know. Are there any that could be as like a big Melbourne dust up? That could be anything uh, along the lines of you know, like Barry um, like. And- like Barry Michaels against uh, Brock Ellis. Mr. Ellis says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, hey, we're starting to go off on a tangent. Big cheerio to Zach Dunn, you big pussy. You should be fighting it. All right, let's go. All right, All right see you, Sticky Paulson. See you, fellas. See you, fellas. See you later. Bye.